welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook friendly. The latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport plus conversations to make you think about why you try. It's FitSpeak on Facebook. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. And here is your Wenting's word of the week. It is cadence. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings word of the week is cadence. And we're also brought to you by TriChoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With a new year well underway, it's time to commit to a race and get back on track. TriChoy can help. With decades of experience and our low client-to-coach ratio, we'll get you working on a structured training plan that'll help you get to the finish line and enjoy the journey. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Well, with all the races that have been cancelled because of COVID, it's refreshing to hear about a new race that's sort of an old race with a new race director that's an old race director, as well as a coach and an athlete himself to tell us all about the return of the Victoria Half Ironman race and how to train for it, Paul Regensburg is our guest. Also on the show, ATC head coach Mikey Ross has been doing some thinking while he's been swimming. His ideas have surfaced in an all-new top five list. But to get things started, we look at cyclocross and gravel on the horizon, as well as virtual racing on our roundtable. And welcome again to another edition of the FitSpeak Roundtable. With us tonight, we've got Wadi Inc. Ambassador and local fast guy, Roy Macbeth. Roy, welcome back to FitSpeak. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure. Glad to be here. And we also have head coach of the Abbotsford Triathlon Club, who's been pretty busy uh, putting together some uh, COVID-friendly plans for his athletes in the Triathlon Club. Welcome back to Mikey Ross. Hi there, Kevin. Well, we've got an exciting uh, couple of months uh, ahead of us. We've got some brand new races that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a bike's part shortage. We're going to talk about world championships. And no, we're not talking about uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. We're talking world cyclocross championships and a few other surprises along the way. First of all, um, the bad news, usually a lot of uh, do athletes, triathletes are kind of getting into the spirit of things because ordinarily we're about one month away from the first multi-sport race of the season, which of course is the UBC duathlon and triathlon. That's been announced that it has been canceled for this year. For many of us, it was the last multi-sport race that we did last year. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to not only that coming back, but a bunch of others. Featured in this podcast, we had us uh, fit speak with uh, Paul Regensburg. He's the guy responsible for resurrecting the Victoria Half Ironman, 
Of course, the uh, Iron Man Corporation pulled out of there last year because of COVID and decided to pull the plug temporarily. We'll hear more about that in the actual interview with Paul. But uh, getting us started, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Phoenix Velo time trials. This was one of the highlights of the cycling season from last year on that COVID 2020. We had an opportunity to race out in Coogan Park in Abbotsford and Jeff Orham and the crew at the Phoenix Velo put on a heck of a job. We had competition with, uh, you know, amongst ourselves. It was, uh, for many of us, the, the whole racing uh, highlight of the year. But we're going to get into cyclocross championships now and Roy is going to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, they went on over the weekend. Um, yeah, firstly, I'd like to say I, I saw the the notes for the Phoenix Fellow in that time trial series, and I didn't participate last year, but um, I think having a little more foreseeability that things are, are not going the way we had hoped this year, that's something that I plan on participating in this year as well and getting myself licensed and back out there. It's been a long time since I've been in the road racing or time trial scene, but I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I just want to quickly go through. I mean, it was exciting to watch. I love watching cyclocross just for the fact that it is kind of the best elements of all disciplines of cycling, which really excites me. I mean, it's on what looks like a road bike, but with kind of what looks like mountain bike tires. And you're like a kid out there playing in the mud and the sand. Uh, but at the same time, it is probably the hardest um, event on a bike because guys are absolutely redlined. Uh, for 60 full minutes. Uh, and the UCI uh, Cyclocross World Championships that took place uh, in the Netherlands over the weekend certainly didn't disappoint. Um, if anyone gets a chance, um, it's probably available on YouTube now. If you just went to YouTube and searched UCI Cyclocross Worlds, um, I try to watch it live. Mm -hmm. um, the course this year was amazing. Of course, it's in the Netherlands, so you think, well, it's flat. How hard can it be? Um, they make up for that with absolutely massive sections of deep deep sand Ooh. this year uh there was a lot of off-camera grass it was one degree celsius yikes uh the, the venue was right on the north sea mm. uh so they, they did a man-made structure with uh this massive bridge that had a 22 percent climb on either side of it <laughs> you hit it coming out of the sand and you hit it going into the sand huh. Um, and then they had to ride about a 300-meter section where guys were actually in the North Sea, oh, in, oh, the, oh. in the walk, looking, looking for the hardest, firmest sand to ride. It was incredible, and, and the race didn't disappoint. You know, of course, uh, cyclocross is huge in the Netherlands, and the Belgians and, and uh, the, the athletes from the Netherlands didn't disappoint with, I think, five of the top seven Five of the top six in the pro women's race yep. were from the Netherlands. Wow. The only out outlier in that was uh, up-and-comer uh, Clara Hans Singer from the U.S., hmm. actually. Uh, she placed fourth, which was really amazing. Uh, and in the men's race, five out of seven, in five out of the top seven were Belgians, uh -huh. and the other two were from the Netherlands. Wow. Um, and, of course, uh, the big... Uh, the big showdown was uh, uh, Matthew Vanderpool and Wout Van Aert, the two guys that both have three world championships, and Matthew Vanderpool went on to win his fourth. Amazing day of racing. Those two set themselves apart in the early part of the race. Vanderpool had a crash. Van Aert went out. Van Aert got a flat. Mm. Vanderpool caught up. It was like just back, back and, and forth. forth, back and forth. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend... If people want to get pumped about cycling, even to ride mm. your trainer in the basement, yeah. you've got to bring this stuff up on YouTube and watch it. It's inspiring. 
sorry, do you see it growing here as well? It seems to be catching on. I, I've talked to several guys that are now sort of toying around. Well, like having fun. Yeah, so I mean, I raced a lot of cyclocross back probably about eight years ago. Uh, it kind of went away for a little while. And then in the last two or three years, it has come on like a storm. It's always had a really huge following in the Portland and Seattle area. Um, and then the cross scene here in BC has really grown with the, the Cycling BC series. There's a series in the interior in Kamloops. There's the Vancouver Island cyclocross series. You know, unfortunately, COVID stomped on everything last year. But uh, I know people are, are biting at the bit to race. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I know there was a, a local event, a local ride uh, racing there. The event organizer put on a socially distanced kind of smaller event last year that met with the, the COVID restrictions. Uh, and they're planning for some stuff upcoming in the spring, so hopefully they can they can get that stuff to go. So it sounds kind of interesting, Roy. Those folks are uh, going to put this on from uh, from Maple Ridge. So you were saying it's going to be on the gravel, so you'd be at a advantage yeah. to to get some sort of gravel bike. But you said there's going to be three events. Yeah. So uh, local ride racing um, announced it on their Instagram page yesterday. Four events they announced. They announced the, the old, it used to be the BC Road Race Championships out in Hatsik Valley. A beautiful course mm -hmm. out there. Uh, Sylvester and Stave Lake uh, Road area. Uh, that's where the BC Champs used to be. They're going to try and resurrect that road race. Uh, and then in May, uh, the dates were announced. I'm probably assuming it's the May long weekend because they're announcing an Omnium Gravel event. So three days of gravel racing. Omnium will mean that the, your results for each event are combined towards the total. So there's uh, Rock the Ridge, which is a gravel event uh, here on the dikes in, in Maple Ridge and out to the near Swanee Set. 60% gravel, 40% uh, pavement. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is, they're calling it, uh, well, we have a segment, local segment called Prison Break. <laughs> I'm not sure. and it goes between 248 and the Alouette Women's uh, Facility. <laughs> up around to 256, which is uh, Fraser Regional. Right, uh, yes. Center. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a, a gravel uh, loop. And that will be one of the venues for one of the events. Uh, and then uh, Barry has also indicated a, a, a TT on the gravel. So those will be those three events. So hopefully, you know, things improve enough. And, and I know for the, the race that they did in April last year, they met the COVID restrictions just simply by reducing the, the field. Mm -hmm. um, so even if they have to do that, I... I'd suggest uh, you know anyone that listens that wants to get in on these probably registers soon because last year the fields the total combined field was fifty. Okay. So you may have only had you may have only had twenty masters, ten juniors, ten mm -hmm. you know. So they they met those restrictions. So. If you want to race, I'd get on that because we know things are still strange times. Absolutely. And another race I'd like to talk to our listeners about a brand new race in a place that hasn't seen a triathlon in many, many years. I'm talking about the Festival of Triathlon out in the middle of July in Okanagan Falls. This was just announced a couple of weeks ago. And uh, talk about brave people. I believe it's an organization out of Alberta. They run a Sylvan Lake Triathlon and they're going to be uh, doing their best to put on a COVID-friendly lake. They're going to be starting at, uh, boy, I have never done a triathlon out in OK Falls. Have you, Roy or Mikey? No. No, no. I mean, uh, for a lot of things, but never out there. No. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the Okanagan Lake Swim, 
of course, ends yes. at OK Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know part of that event, they're doing a 2K and a 4K swim uh, on the Saturday. Right. And then a sprint, sprint and Olympic on the Sunday. Yeah, and that, that's, uh, the race organizers are splitting it. That's Michael Brown and um, Rochelle. What's Rochelle's name? From Calgary from Triad Multisport. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, it should be a great event. I really hope that goes. I love the area so much. Um, I've already looked at that myself in terms of, you know, I'm I'm one of these optimistic, hopeful people that mm-hmm. hopes that Ironman Canada is still going to yeah. go, and I will be using that as uh, probably a week of training on the Ironman Canada course, topped off with a little Olympic race on the Sunday or something like that. Absolutely. So there's signs that people are getting invested. They're starting some new races. There's some excitement there. So we're just fing- uh, crossing our fingers that we can uh, we can get back into some semblance of regular racing here in the months in the months to come. Well, there's also virtual racing, and Roy, you're going to tell us about uh, a new series on Dwift uh, on Zwift. I was going to say Dwift because it's a duathlon <laughs> format race. That might be what they end up calling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Firstly, I'd like to say I know. I think briefly in, in previous uh, gatherings, I, I'd spoken about the WTRL series that I raced in prior to Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I'm on, I'm on a team again uh, with Wadi Inc. Um, racing again in, se- in season two. And the series has actually grown from a thousand teams of six in season one to 1,600 teams in season two. That's massive. So, you know, people, people are wanting to race, right? People mm-hmm. are, are looking for that competitive juices and, and this is a great way to do it and connect connect with people you know our races we have zoom calls and sport directors on the call <laughs> and we all get to see each other suffering so it's great um i'd encourage people to check that out but um yeah i wanted to, to talk briefly about the uh the second series of the zwift pro tri series which started today um and they they kicked that off this season with a duathlon format so you know today it was all of your favorite pros that you can think of um, were in this today for men and for women. And they started out with the hill climb on the bike. They did a 6K run on treadmills on Zwift. And then they jumped back onto Zwift and did a uh, eight-lap criterium race mm. in Dolphin, the Dolphin City course, if everyone knows the criterium course on Zwift. And super mm-hmm. exciting to watch. You know, of course, short course, duathlon format. Mm-hmm. You had long course athletes, short course athletes. But it was just great to have some racing to watch even mm. uh you know in an esports format so of course i was working from home but had my other computer on mm-hmm. as well and yeah kind of looking side-eyed as i watched multitasking um, yeah that's right that's right but i mean uh we had a, a canadian finish second overall so the for the men finished up uh anthony costas from uh france uh was first place jackson laundry actually finished oh, second wow, good He's for him well. yeah yeah, I mean, Jackson has raced a lot on Zwift, and there's certainly some nuances to racing in Zwift. Uh, you could tell that he uh, pulled back a little bit on the run section uh, because there was a lot of points up for offer in the sprint criterion, mm. um, and it, it moved him up. And then James Kunama from South Africa right. rounded out the top three for the men. For the women, uh, if I had to give you guys one guess as to who topped out for the women, what are your guesses? Paula Finley? Good guess. Mikey? Uh, Lucy Charles. Ah. Lucy Charles oh. Yes. So she's kind of been a bit absent for a while, and I'm yeah. not sure if you guys saw she's on a new bike for this year. Right. She uh, signed with... Cube. Yes. 
uh, out of out of Germany. So mm-hmm. she's off specialized. A lot of people jumped around. Paul yeah. Finley's left Trek. She's now with specialized. Now on specialized. Yeah. Right. They're bing bong yeah. around. I know. Um, but Lucy Charles ended up first. She dominated the points race where all the points were available uh, in the third stage. Um, ironically enough, Lucy's probably one of the youngest. The second place wow. overall is probably one of the oldest. And at saying that, who would your guess be? Anne Hogg from Germany? Good guess, but no. Okay. Mikey, come on. Meredith Kessler. Ah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Super strong, does ton, tons of Zwift racing, and Meredith Kessler finished second, and then uh, Mel Morier uh, rounded out the top. And I think she, I'm not sure if she's full distance or ITU or not, uh, another European athlete, very strong. But, um, so the, super so fun some of the seasoned athletes are keeping the young'uns on their toes. Yeah. So interesting enough, I know Kevin, you said Paul Finley and, and, uh, I really like Paul Finley. We enjoy the, the TTL, the, that triathlon light thing on YouTube, mm-hmm. her and Eric Lightyearstrom do every weekend. Um, and of course, uh, her, her, uh, COVID training buddy is Heather Jackson, who's a Wadi, the Wadi and pro. Yep. Um, they race side by side in their garage in Tucson because they're training partners at the moment. And uh, they were running so hard, they blew a breaker in nice. their garage during the run <laughs> uh, So they had issues on the run. So so they didn't factor into the top three this week. Mm. But that series will be go- ongoing every Wednesday at 11, at 11 o'clock if people are wanting to watch. You just go to Facebook Live and watch uh, Zwift Community Live or uh, Zwift Pro Try, and you can watch it live. Or bring well, it it's amazing play. how Zwift is uh, expanding and finding different ways of addressing our 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 passions like it, it's just yeah. bizarre how many you just go online and see how many events you could do every day you could basically ride all day well, you could. <laughs> yeah and i mean i i have really embraced the the racing as a team aspect i think mm-hmm. we feed off uh you know teammates and seeing each other there and you know granted once the race starts there's not a lot of chat going on but My you can bet. look at people mm-hmm. Uh, as we are now looking yeah. at each other and you can see people suffering mm. and you know they're suffering. So it, it, <laughs> you know, it, it makes you push a little harder. So it's great to connect that way. Yeah. And Mikey, how about a quick update from uh, the folks at the Abbotsford Triathlon Club? I know they were rejigging their website. Uh, what else is new yeah. in the world of ATC? Sort of waking up and smell the, smelling the 2021 roses, uh, what promulgated it was a brand new person showed on the scene and said, hey, I want to join. And uh, we realized that it was time to get started because what we have done in our club is give everyone a carryover to 2021. No new membership required except uh, joining TriBC for the insurance. And so we've updated everything. We're starting to get things rolling, trying to find a way to have as many, um, perhaps Zoom, or uh, unofficial um, one or two people, you know, socially distanced together meetings to try to get people motivated to get their fitness going because it's February, you know, it's down the road. The July, August come along pretty soon. And if people don't start working out now, they're not going to have time to really build it up later. And um, what many people are finding is the pools being open are such, it's such a help to be able to actually get swimming again. And speaking for myself, I got to say the pool protocol and mission is brilliant. I love swimming there, and it, I, I would be happy that if, if they kept it that way forever. One hundred percent agree with you, Mike. I swam again today. I was hoping to see you there today, but uh, I went to a different. Yeah, I went a little bit different time slot. I was there at ten uh, thirty to eleven thirty this morning. Yeah, uh, and there was five people in the pool. Nice. Now, Roy, so, you do the technique I do. You shop around. You go online. You see when it's a quiet time, and you pop in. Right. 
Yes. Otherwise, exactly. you never know. In the real world, you'd never know how busy it was when you showed, showed up. Yeah. No, that's right. I, I mean, and I have a, a. It's nice that I'm working from home at the moment, mm-hmm. and I have that flexibility mm-hmm. that I can go at different times. So, and that's it exactly. When I look on there and I see there's 14 vacancies, I know there's only yeah. four people signed up. So, well, thank you so much, Mikey, for that update. Best of luck with your uh, racing and coaching pursuits. And we know we're going to have uh, Roy Macbeth back on the podcast in a couple of weeks with some updates and maybe uh, some interesting news about a Tron bicycle in the family. Yes, for sure. One more day. Thanks, guys. You know. Our next guest a guy who's been around the world of multi-sport for generations now, as an athlete, as a coach, and as a race director. And that's why he's on the show this morning to tell us about one of the newest, or maybe that's one of the oldest, half-distance Ironman races in our Great White North from sunny Victoria. Welcome to Fitspeak, Paul Regensburg. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm hoping it's sunny in Victoria. It certainly is. We've got a beautiful January morning happening here in Mission across the, across the pond, so to speak. It's nice and sunny for you as well. Yes, we have it too. So I'll be uh, trying to schedule a run in this afternoon if I can, for sure, in beautiful Victoria. Absolutely. Now, speaking of Victoria, it's back on the calendar, and I was so excited when I saw this this be added to the calendar whenever the heck it happens. But uh, can you tell us about the history of uh, you know Victoria, one of the triathlon hotspots in Canada? We've got Guelph in Ontario. There's you know Mont-Tremblant. We've got Penticton, but there's also, of course, Victoria and so much history there, including um, a half Ironman race of many different names. Uh, Yeah, fill us in a little bit about the history of this race. Well, uh, this race was started back in 94, and uh, I'm not sure who the race director was, but uh, they were sort of one and done. They had a rough day. The weather was terrible. I don't think things went very well, and so... uh, they decided not to carry on. But in the next year, a couple of young guys uh, who people may remember or know even now, uh, Norman Thibault and Eric Milimaki, uh started up uh, what was the Victoria half and actually called the uh, called the New Balance half because New Balance was a, a sponsor and remained so for quite some time. So they got it going in 95 and uh, great event. People loved it because it was based around Elk Lake, which you know, is one of the few amazing natural swimmable lakes uh, in the world that's urban and uh, one of the best 10K soft run loops uh, probably on the planet and uh, beautiful bike routes around the peninsula of Victoria. So it was always their dream to have a half Ironman there and they started it up and then um, we we acquired it from them um, in the in the mid 2000s. Um, our group did as a life sport at the time. And uh, we organized it for a while, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, Ironman, as they grew, decided they want to put it onto their circuit, so they acquired it from us. So it's got a, um, you know, quite a history of, uh, you know, between local and working with Ironman, and uh, has been running every year since 1994. Absolutely, and one of the the most coveted piece of triathlon history that you can wear here in the province of British Columbia is probably one of those hoodies that they were known for 
back in the day when it was the um, New Balance half and then you took a hold of it and now it's kind of uh, in transition. So you're back in charge. Now what's, what's the new name for this historical race? Well, right now, um, we're, our, our motto is sort of, uh, you know, going old school again, keeping it grassroots. So it's just a very simple name. We're just the Victoria Half and Sprint Triathlon. And um, really, we wanted to um, bring back the traditions of the old school race uh, since Ironman was deciding not to um, carry on in 2021. And uh, we really didn't want to see this race uh, go away. Uh, it's bad enough in the COVID year. And then yeah. to have it die, um, our offices are about 60 feet from the start line. Um, so we decided we were probably the natural group and we'd organized it before to step in, make sure that a race continues. And maybe it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to go retro, to go old school, um, bring back that uh, coveted hoodie that uh -huh. you speak of. Yes. Um, it's still, we still see some of them out there. We can't believe some of them are still alive. <laughs> um, I've seen those hoodies around the world actually. Um, yeah. and so, uh, the hoodie was a huge, um, part of this race, um, uh, that wasn't really there the last few years. So we thought that was sort of a fun thing to, to, to bring back. And, you know, the history of this race, um, you know, it feels old school. It does. It's such a, a beautiful venue and the hoodies are old school. Mm -hmm. And, and we wanted to sort of, um, have a little bit of return, uh, you know, a little bit of a, you know, especially with COVID and the terrible years, have a little sort of reset back to the, uh, old school days. Uh, throw back and bring back a lot of the, the warm and fuzzies and what does better for warm and fuzzies than a nice hoodie on a cool morning in November when it's raining but uh, you know this course has such a long history um, can you tell us some of the big names who have done it within your your memory yeah you know it's um, it's a who's who of sort of endurance long distance racing in the country and uh, especially on the women's side it's been amazing to see some of the names um you know Lori Bowden has has won this race Heather Wortel Lindsay Corbin you know it's had a really rich history uh, Rachel McBride and uh, in 2019 uh, Marinda Carfrey um came up and 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 won it and you know Jasper Blake on the men's right. side and going back old school like Mike Flegel and Stefan Stephen Jacobson and um, you know some of these guys it, it's been um, a really um, awesome launching point or just even training grounds uh, for a lot of Canada's best ever endurance triathletes. Yeah, and what an amazing place to not only race, but to train as well. And I say to all my friends over in Alberta and, you know, the rest of the mainland, I mean, folks in Penticton think they've got it pretty good with Skaha and Okanagan. But my goodness, to have such a, a friendly, you know, reasonably challenging race course, a run course around that lake is just is just super cool. And now to have a race coming back, uh, you know, to harvest that beautiful geography is is going to be awesome. Now, speaking of the race course itself, you've got the, I know for one or a couple of years, the, the swim was actually moved to, to the adjacent Beaver Lake. But can you tell us some of the course records that have been set on that course? Yeah, well, you know, the course has been uh, changed a number of times over the years. So the records are... 
records are a little bit tough to gauge, um, but certainly the modern day records would be uh, Marinda when she um, when she won. She won a 421 on a you know relatively challenging course here, um, which is pretty incredible, really. But you know, being the world champion that she's mm. been, um, I believe that you know she ran. She ran, you know, it was an incredible run, you know, on this course, it's around the lake, it's amazing, but it's not super fast, like being on pavement. So I think she was right in the 120 range off the bike, which mm-hmm. is, you know, incredible. Word and, caliber, um, yeah. and and probably Taylor Reed, um, you know, coming in 349 a few years ago would be our modern day uh, men's record as well. Um, and if you go back in history, there'll be some faster times than that. But earlier in the day, the bike course was... Uh, um, you know, a little short just because, you know, 88K to mm-hmm. that effect. So there's there was a couple little um, a couple little short pieces here and there and, and different courses. And the and the bike course uh, that Ironman had was one uh, large loop and it was quite hilly on the second half. So that definitely slowed down the bike times as well. But I'd have to say that, uh, you know, Rini and, and Taylor um, are would be sort of the two reigning record holders on the course Mm -hmm. so you wouldn't say that my 450 back in 2010 would make even the top 20 um (laughs) sorry to disappoint Um, (laughs) but hey i I think anyone that goes under five hours should be damn proud of their race so uh so good for you that's that's a great time hell i i I felt like rennie crossing the finish line it was my first time racing that race it certainly wasn't my last and it was my first time ever under five hours and you know be damned that the bike course was maybe 2k short and the run was a little shorter than a full 21k but I mean, I still have, I'm looking at it right now, my finisher's certificate from that race, and it it certainly brings back a lot of very positive memories and some memories we're going to make for uh, athletes in the future as well. So one of the things I noticed when I was reading about the race, there's been a recent change to the date, correct? Yes, we've decided just last week to uh, to move it forward um, from the, the traditional weekend that uh, Ironman had the last five years, uh, which is the first weekend in June, sort of last weekend in May, uh, forward to July 18th. So we've decided um, with COVID and um, the chance that we have a lot, you know, a lot higher chance really of, of hosting the event. Um, and hosting the event as people would know it traditionally, uh, July 18th gives us a much better date. And, um, when we applied for our permits, we had put that in there as a contingency date. Um, so that was always the plan is if we did have to move it, that would, that would be the date. And so we've made that move. And although a few people can't make it now, um, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I know you and I are roughly about the same age, and I don't know about you, Paul, but my my hair at the age of 57 is starting to thin. And uh, I was reading that Iron Man, you know, although they had withdrawn, um, they decided to get back into the game apparently for 2022. Um, what were your feelings when that decision was announced? Yeah, sort of mixed feelings. Um Ironman has been communicating with us uh, on that. And, um, you know, we're supporters of Ironman. Ironman plays a very important role in our sport. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Um, Even though some people 
you know, perceive them as quite corporate and, 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 and those kinds of things. I mean, we know Ironman is important. Um, it's a lot of um, our athletes' goals. It's, you know, our, our, our outside of the Olympics, it's arguably our, our, our biggest event of the year in, in Kona. So mm-hmm. Ironman is very important to the sport. So, you know, the fact they want to come back to Victoria is a nice compliment for Victoria and, and the city and, and um, for the athletes here. And uh, for us, we'll work with them to see what's next for us in the year after. We certainly had done this um, as not just a gap filler. We had we had hoped to, mm-hmm. you know, the first, you know, getting the event going again, the first one's always the hardest. Right. <laughs> so oh, so much work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so much work and a lot more investment of uh, funds in terms of um, equipment and mm-hmm. and marketing and, and getting the event going and building all the relationships um, and that sort of thing. So obviously we wouldn't have done that for a one and done because um, if anyone's ever organized an event before, they realize that the first year is uh, you're usually working for free or <laughs> personally sponsoring the event. Oh, yes. Um, and uh, it's a lot of time and work. So um, so we'll see. We don't know. We, we will work with them to see if um, there's opportunity for both events, uh, if there's opportunity for one event. And um, we'll see. We'll try to do what's better, best for the community and, and, and best for the athletes. Yeah. And I remember uh, looking back to when it was part of the Subaru series, what was really neat about that race was the, the you know, I suppose for lack of a better word, the traditional race date there at the, you know, part of uh, the last part of May, which really worked in with uh, other races for the rest of the calendar year. So I know with COVID and with Iron Man moving in, things are, are very much up in the air. But uh, one of the things that isn't keeping our fingers crossed is the actual course layout so for the folks who haven't done the race or who haven't done it for a while can you give us um, a Victoria half Ironman 101 on the course route I sure can and and our course could be a little bit different especially yeah. on the bike than the than the Ironman course but what we're looking at is the traditional um, one nice big loop swim so we don't do laps and uh, the first turn is at a kilometer, so everybody loves that. You basically swim uh, straight down the lake and, and uh, across for a little bit and straight back. So um, everybody likes that so they don't bunch up at the corners and, yeah. and um, that sort of thing. And it's, um, you know, the water temperature uh, end of May is usually pretty decent. In July, it'll certainly be, it'll be very nice. Yes. So I, I imagine we'll still be wetsuits, but if it's a super hot summer, it may not be. But chances are it's probably still a wetsuit swim for anyone that's afraid of swimming without a wetsuit yeah um and because uh, the lake uh you know the lake never it's usually into august when it starts getting really warm in that lake non-wetsuit type of uh type of situation so so probably looking at a wetsuit swim nice big uh, one loop course uh flat water uh great siding um a really nice safe course and a lot of fun um the bike is is wonderful. Um, we're just debating whether we stay with uh, the one loop course similar to what Ironman has run mm-hmm. or whether we go old school with a little bit more of the two lap course up in the peninsula. Um, so we're that's uh, that's under a bit of debate now with us and and uh, working with the uh, the sanctioning bodies to see what's uh, what's the best uh, uh, course there. 
you know, we might be leaning slightly more towards a two loop course going old, keeping our old school, um, (laughs) (laughs) our old school in mind. People really loved that course before when it was two loops and uh, a little less hilly, um, you know, maybe even a little more scenic. So, so we'll see Uh, the jury's out on that. We should know soon, but either way, the course will be beautiful. It's in the Saanich Peninsula, which is gorgeous. And it's, um, uh, you know, a nice, uh, nice safe loop course, either one or two. We'll see. Mm -hmm. And then the run, uh, the traditional run, two loops um, around Elk and Beaver Lakes on uh, nice uh, packed soft footing um beautiful trails all going one um all going one direction you know well marked every kilometer and uh people just love that run route um because it's uh two loops is a really nice way to do the run one big run for a half marathon seems pretty long yeah. uh one loop and three seems like uh <laughs> geez that's a lot of loops so two's a nice number on the run we find you're on your first one or your last one um and uh people uh you know you run by a beautiful lake on beautiful trails and uh so it's great and the venue itself is um you know it's a crd park so it's you know it's like a family friendly park with benches and a beach and um right on the edge of uh victoria and easily accessible so it's it's an absolutely gorgeous venue and uh you know one of you know one of a lot of people's favorite courses uh, on the planet absolutely so so it's it's a treat so you know if if you can if you can make it to this race if you've done it or haven't done it you know it's it's worth the trip and uh and chances are it's going to look a little different than the last five years so mixing it up a little bit which Mm -hmm. is fun too Mm -hmm. if you want a little bit of a change and as i was saying to some of the athletes in the abbotsford triathlon club who haven't done the race sometimes they're a little bit concerned about the weather even on what would we consider a crappy day it's still a beautiful place and the weather uh, as far as in my experience and i've done it so many times now it, it never gets really that bad well the the weather you know the last um the last week of may first week of june is traditionally a pretty nice time in victoria mm. and the race has had very good weather it's been on a, a great streak knock on wood uh, for that time of year um july uh july august in victoria is gorgeous yeah. um i mean we're knock on wood we're <laughs> we're practically in a drought at that time of the year with no rain. <laughs> so uh, yeah. from about mid July to mid September, it, it, it rarely even rains here, despite, you know, people thinking we're on the, the, the wet coast, you yeah. know, uh, it doesn't even rain here. It's like the secret of Victoria and even, even Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the July date, um, you know, should be, should be great weather and um, you know, which will make it even, even more fun for you know hanging around and and friends and family and hopefully hopefully we're allowed to to gather again you know and mm-hmm. celebrate um, and we also have a sprint triathlon too so if you know if people want to come give you know get a little taste of the course give right. it their you know it's a really great little sprint course too it's a blast we do it just for training here and uh, it's super fun it's sort of like uh you know the the half iron course light um mm. so if somebody just wants to uh to give uh, the race a try or do their first uh their first event uh and now they have a little more training time they got uh, yeah. you know another uh, another six seven weeks to train which is which is great especially with the canadian summer it, yeah. a lot of people um we've actually had some people actually go from the sprint up to the half because they're like i've got another six weeks to right. train i'm yeah. going to the half mm-hmm. so 
So that's sort of fun. So let's uh, let's leave that coaching hat on for just a second, Paul. So as a coach, um, obviously this is a great course, but there's unique factors about it for sure. Um, thinking about it from a coach's perspective, then what sort of special training should an athlete do to maximize their chances of success on your course? Well, you know, in, in any half, um, you know, there's a couple of things you should, you know, really keep in mind, you know, the, you want to be comfortable in the open water, you know, um, it's, it's not, you know, 1.9 K of a swim when you're comfortable is not that long and it's a pretty short part of the day really. Mm -hmm. So you just want to be comfortable in the open water. This is a great open water course because it's, uh, it's not ocean and it's usually doesn't have any kind of even chop on it. It's usually quite a nice course. So, um, so open water comfort, um, you know, training in a wetsuit and being comfortable in the wetsuit. On the bike, uh, depending on, especially on which course we go with, um, you know, BC is a relatively hilly place. And <laughs> so you want to make sure you have some some training on the hills on the bike. And not necessarily being able to rock up a hill as fast as you can, but the sort of the low to mid grade fatigue that hills will continue to take on your um, on your legs on your overall you know basic stamina and and energy levels for the day i would i would try to be uh bike prepared um which always leads to a better run as yes. well but you know um you know knowing that you can go out there and ride for three or four hours on hills and feel good about it and not um just trying to get to the end of the bike but feeling strong coming off the bike and and making sure that you you know you've planned your nutrition for that too because a lot of people think that they just run out they're running out of gas because they're not fit but they're just running literally out of gas because mm -hmm. of nutrition hydration so making sure you have a nutrition hydration plan and then um you know being able to run um on tired legs so not just run in general but have your legs uh, beat up a little bit yeah and then being able to run not fast but just strong um, because you just want a rhythm run that's strong. It's beautiful, but being on soft trails does, does tend to, um, you know, it, it's actually easier on sort of muscle breakdown, right. but it's a little, it's a bit slower, you know, it's a, t a bit slower than pavement. So you have to, you know, you might be out there a few minutes longer than normal, but your legs are also going to not be beat up quite as bad on the run, but it can tire you out. So you want to be strong and able to hold rhythm and not, super fast but just really strong so you know some good long base runs running off the bike getting used to that feeling of running off the bike uh practicing nutrition on on the ride so that you feel uh you feel good on the run and you know you put those things together you'll you'll have a good day yeah and although it's the run course isn't that much of a technical course um i mean there are opportunities if you're not paying attention you're gonna snag a a route or something like that i mean the the trail's not that difficult but uh you know being aware of your situation and and having the mental awareness that you aren't running on pavements or you're not running on your treadmill like uh, many of us have been doing yeah. over the past 18 months um you know that's going to be an important part about not only getting to the finish line but doing it quickly and safely yeah you know the trail is um over the years the trail continues to be improved it's um you know in some places you know you won't see a root or rock for a kilometer at a time um but there are a few little sections that have um a few roots popping up a few stones popping up so yeah and sometimes with the sun coming through the trees on the trail it's a little bit harder to see so it's a good point to just 
be aware and as you get tired just to watch your um you know just to watch your footing as well it's generally quite safe but you know we have a few people trip here and there <laughs> um so you do have to you know you do have to be aware of your uh there's a little tiny price to pay for running on a beautiful soft trail yeah. of a few uh a few little roots and rocks here and there but uh, generally speaking it's it's quite safe uh speaking of safety and this is new to you being a race director in this crazy COVID era um what sorts of special safety measures have you needed to do for COVID? well that's it's still a work in progress um but we'll you know, we'll abide by um, TriBC and our local health authorities' guidelines for gathering and spacing and distancing. But you know, we will. We've already started planning um, to uh, basically, you know, work with distancing the distancing of the athletes. And um, to us, based on our research, um, transmission of COVID at outdoor sporting events. Um, is uh extremely rare um if not not existent um so we we've been trying to find cases of covid spread at an outdoor sporting event around the world and we haven't found one yet so so it's inherently safe what you need to do is not take that for granted and still keep people distanced and make sure that you don't get them together in places where you know where it might not be safe for instance um at registration having them mm-hmm. all in the same tent with no ventilation or a banquet or mm-hmm. an awards or you know so be careful of the areas um where people may be together um the start lines you know um where there may be people together for longer periods of time and close together and especially when there's no ventilation because ventilation is proving to be a big part of covid as well as yeah. that you know, well-ventilated areas are uh, low risk and and areas that aren't ventilated are higher risk. Um, so we're following those studies and those guidelines. Then we'll also have um, extra hygiene going on as well, of course, with hand sanitizing and um, encouraging self-reliance in terms of nutrition and hydration and um possibly even self, you know, self-serve type, uh, non-touch, uh, water, <laughs> water supplies yeah. and, and things like that. So, and we're watching a lot of other events and what they're doing. So it's been good to see some of them out there and, and what they're doing, but, um, it'll be at the, um, it'll be at the, the forefront of course. And, um, we'll make sure that everyone feels safe and distance and is well educated on 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 how to do that um we're just very fortunate we're in a sport that doesn't take place indoors yeah. and um because indoor transmission is 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 real and extreme and outdoor transmission is very very low so so we're lucky we're we're very fortunate we have a, a sport that's non-contact and uh, basically provides for pretty good pretty good distancing out there mm-hmm. one of the things i was thinking about from both uh, an athlete's and a coach's perspective um, is, is training for the uniqueness of this event and what i mean is the uniqueness of it during COVID times 
and you were talking a little bit about um, not transitions, but rather of uh, the aid stations along the course. So whether that's going to be on the bike or it's going to be on the run, um, probably more significantly on the bike because we're used to clipping along at 30 or 50 kilometers <laughs> per hour and grabbing the water, the gels, and, and just keep on trucking. So there is a possibility that it's going to be a do-it-yourself, stop your bike, grab your nutrition, and continue on. Is that correct? That's a possibility, uh, for sure. We're looking at that now. We've seen other races where they have um, they have uh, volunteers that are um, you know kitted up um, with masks and gloves and basically are the only ones that are uh, uh, you know even close to the water supply. Mm -hmm. And they've been filling water and handing water out, and that that seems to be working uh, for some as well. Um, and not um, basically interacting uh, with other um, with other other athletes or other volunteers, even right. but having sort of solo person on one station that's almost self-contained. Mm -hmm. um, but but our first, you know, we still want the athlete experience to be strong, but we're going to encourage a lot more self-dependence, especially on the, the the nutritional front. Right. Um, so we will be promoting that people carry their nutrition for the day with them. And so then um, we may have some sources of nutrition, maybe at one, one area where it's, a, you know, sort of emergency type of thing. But racing myself and coaching, you know, many athletes for that distance, uh, you can you can be self-contained for nutrition if you do it properly many people do that anyways because <laughs> they want their own nutrition yeah um so that may not be a huge leap for people and then it becomes more of how do we get everybody hydrated mm -hmm. you know uh and being safe and then that's less of an issue than worrying about trying to hand them some type of food or something they're putting directly in their mouth and that kind of thing and that's that's one of the benefits. I mean, it's not going to be, um, for example, Victoria is not St. George, Utah. So we're not going to have, you know, that degree of heat. We're not going to have that degree of dehydration on the bike course and on the run course where that could be a, a real safety concern. I mean, we know Victoria, it's probably even on a warm day on the run, we're probably looking at where it's somewhere around 25 degrees or something like that. So, I mean, it's going to be hot, especially for a, a person who's who's not used to it, but it's not going to be the, you know, life-threatening experience that perhaps uh, another race course would experience. Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, um, we're generally... Um, we're generally, you know, daytime high in July, we'd be in the low twenties. So yeah. it's, you know, beautiful race conditions and, um, it, it's rare. We'd see anything above 25 degrees. Um, we may see that a couple of times per year. It's generally more in, in August kind of thing, but, um, yeah, we're not dealing with, uh, normally with extreme, um, heat conditions here. It's, mm -hmm. it's extremely rare. So, um, July is usually very nice. Um, very nice race temperatures. Um, so you're right. So, you know, um, the human body may need, you know, a third less of the hydration or more, you know, so it's great. So it's um, less strain on um, trying to get food and drink to the athletes safely. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it'll be a, it'll be a education process and we're learning from other events um, as well. So 
Um, we also organized the Banff uh, Marathon and Half Marathon at the end of June. And so we'll be trying some of these um, techniques out there right. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll get we'll get a few um, a few uh, uh, chances to see other events and test them as well. So um, but but safety will be obviously the priority. Uh, everyone will will feel will feel safe, um, you know, when they come to the event and um and we'll make sure of that. You know, it's 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 a priority with us. I mean, yeah. we still want participants to have a great race experience, yeah. but we think we can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk business for a second. So you've set out the race, you've had to change the date, but what have your initial registration numbers looked like? Uh, they're strong. People are excited. Um, we're capping the race. Um, our old school uh, philosophy is that we're capping the race at uh, 800 participants, and we're almost there now. My goodness! So, yeah. So we're we're expecting a sellout um, sometime soon here. So the next question, of course, is um, for those people who are just listening to this right now: How can a person enter your race? Yeah, well, no problem. We have a nice uh, a nice website um, that they can go to. They can either Google us uh, or they can go to thevictoriahalf.com. They'll find registration there. So they can check out our website and um, there's a registration link right there. Okay, victoriahalf.com. Yes. And um, any questions that I should have asked you but I have either forgotten or not thought of? No, those are great, great questions where, you know, we're, we're excited to, yeah. you know, offer this event to the triathlon community and we hope everyone can come and have some fun and remember sort of what a retro race is like and, uh, and get the, we got the sample of the hoodie and it's fabulous. So <laughs> people are, are going to love the hoodie and we've tried to keep the price of the event quite low. So to, you know, make it a little bit easier on people's, uh, pocketbooks but we would um we would pocketbooks i don't know if anyone even uses that term anymore but um, <laughs> i knew um, what you meant <laughs> yeah on their you know on their iphone wallets or whatever but uh the uh, yeah you know i'd recommend registering soon we also um what's been a bit of a bonus of this is that it's uh for all those people out there doing iron man canada the event takes place six weeks before, which putting on my coaching hat yeah. is just an ideal tune-up um, for that event as well. So, you know, to be able to come six weeks out, get a good half Ironman effort in, and then leave yourself a week or two after that for some some long rides and runs and then taper it down, it's a really nice uh, really nice progression. So if anyone out there is doing Ironman Canada um, – I'd highly recommend, even though slightly biased, but I'd highly <laughs> recommend um, whether we're organizing the event or not, that six weeks out, uh, like this event, is a great time to um, to prepare. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it works in so well with the schedule. You've got the time to recover, and then you start that final build and taper into Ironman. And hopefully uh, we do have an Ironman in Penticton in August to race. Yeah, well, if we don't have an Ironman in Penticton to race, we probably won't have a Victoria race (laughs) in uh, July. But uh, we're really hopeful that um, by July, you know, we have enough people vaccinated Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and along with, you know, a good chunk of people being vaccinated. I already have a couple of friends that are vaccinated, which is fantastic. You know, with every, you know, with the vaccinations up and the 
safety mechanisms in place and the fact that it's an outdoor event mm-hmm. where people are not gathering for any long periods of time, um, I think we're going to be in great shape. So hopefully um, the health authorities feel the same way. Right. And um, we'll be able to race again this summer and, and celebrate doing what we all love. So bring your neon-colored racing shorts and tops. Bring your old soft-ride bike. I know I'm going to do that. And come down to Victoria for a great half Ironman experience in July. Right on. Well, we'll expect to see you there in your Scott Tinley Speedos. <laughs> well, uh, few people still have those around. You can break those out, <laughs> and um, it would it'll be it'll be a blast. We actually just watched on YouTube the. Uh, the Victoria International, or sorry, the Vancouver International Triathlon back from the 80s um, with Steve King announcing, boy, was that fun to watch on YouTube. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, talk about an old school uh, race that had, you know, Mark Allen and some of the legends of the sport racing around Vancouver. It's it's pretty fun nostalgia to watch. Yeah. And I guess we'll just uh, pin the race number on our bare skin, right? <laughs> yeah well something tells me they're probably still gonna make us uh, cover our torsos so yeah. you'll have to uh, you'll have to plan accordingly for that <laughs> but uh, um it'll be great uh we're looking to you know capture recapture the old school spirit of of uh triathlon and high fives out on the course uh with the proviso of covid mm-hmm. uh, high fives so non-touch high fives out on the course and uh you know, wearing your hoodie after the race and, um, you know, hopefully gathering, um, you know, with distancing for a picnic after like we used to be able to do if it's yes. safe to do it by then. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time to fit speak with us. Uh, best, of su- uh, best of success with your race, Paul. Hope things turn out for all of us. Thanks for having me. I'm Mikey Ross, coach with Abbotsford Triathlon Club, and this is my top five list for FitSpeak. Swimming during COVID restrictions. In British Columbia, we are in the middle of various emergency measures which have been put into place to try and flatten the curve of the rate of infection during the COVID pandemic. If you are a fitness junkie, it's been tricky finding places to work out. Full disclosure, I have my own treadmill and indoor trainer, so two of my three sport passions are taken care of. Lucky me. Being a triathlete, however, does include the art of swimming, and I do not, yet, have my own pool. While the area I live in is blessed with a handful of awesome lakes in which to practice open water swimming, not everyone can handle the frigid water temperatures that my friend Kevin Hines eagerly immerses himself in practically year-round. So it was exciting news when Mission announced the reopening of its 25-meter indoor pool a few months ago, together with a whole new way of operating, and I wasted no time in resuming my training with gusto. Here are five things I am loving about Mission's indoor swimming with COVID restrictions. First, you need to make an appointment online. Yes, it took me a few frustrating tries to get it right, but once you know what to click and where to pay, it's a breeze. I actually love the fact that I have to prepay and pre-plan my swims. I feel a heightened commitment to booking my windows of opportunity, making sure the gear is set to go, setting two alarms, 
and being there five to ten minutes early to sign in and line up six meters apart. It truly makes it feel like an event rather than just another swim. Number two. Within a few seconds, you can scan all the available time slots in a given day. Then, pick the one that is the least busy. In the pre-COVID world, you never know how many people are in the pool at any given time. Being retired, I don't have to be there at 5.30 a.m. anymore. Instead, I book a slot later in the morning, which leaves more openings for those who don't have the luxury of working out at any time of the day. Number three, you have one whole hour as a time slot. My training buddies in Vancouver, Burnaby, and New Westminster have only 45 minutes. More time swimming makes far more training flexibility. It also allows for many swimmers who are done in 30 or 40 minutes to get out and showered before you even get back to the change room. Fewer bodies breathing shared air is a win-win. Number four, the entire pool is dedicated to lane swimming. In Mission, we only ever had from one to three lapping lanes even during the length swim blocks. We now have six lanes with a limit of three swimmers per lane. Knock on my wooden head, but so far I've had a lane to myself most times. The sharing I have done has been with only one other swimmer and they have been of comparable ability, making the sharing a win-win. Number five. The pool facility itself has never been cleaner than it is now. Less swimmers in the pool, more diligent disinfection of all surface areas, clearly marked benches, and functioning lockers spaced far apart make it easy to keep your social distance before, during, and after your swim. You know, folks, it is just too easy to be a negative Nancy when change happens. Sometimes change creates pleasant surprises. And in my opinion, I'd actually be quite happy if my pool keeps the new way of operating in place forever. For Fitspeak, I'm Mikey Ross. And that's it for another edition of Fitspeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. We'd like to thank Victoria's Paul Regensburg from the Victoria Half Ironman race that's coming up this summer. And to register for it, go to victoriahalf.com. That is victoriahalf.com. Fitspeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Cadence. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Cadence. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to go faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder, we're on Facebook. We are your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now at FitSpeak on Instagram, your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story in pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program 
and maybe leave us a comment on the show or ideas for future programs. That's www.fitspeak.com. For Roy McBeth and Mikey Ross, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.